Good morning. Amazing love. That was beautiful. I'm glad we didn't miss that song. So this morning, we're continuing our series on the names of God. And we've come to Jehovah Ra, the Lord, my shepherd. Prepare yourself for a feel-good. The Lord, my shepherd. The first time I saw a real shepherd, like in real life, was a little over two years ago when we visited our son in Tunisia. And all over the countryside, as we were driving around, there would be a shepherd and there would be lots of sheep. One shepherd, lots of sheep. This one, they're actually kind of on the road. But several places, it was like there were sheep like scattered all over the place. And then there was one shepherd. I had actually never seen sheep that were not fenced in. I'd never seen like where cows are, like in pastures. So it kind of gave me a whole new perspective on the image of God as our shepherd. Jehovah Ra, the Lord my shepherd. So this is the name given to God first by David in Psalm 23. And it's really up until now in David's Psalms the most intimate metaphor that he's using. Up until then, he's referred to God as king, deliverer, my rock, my shield. But this is really getting personal and intimate, my shepherd. And David actually knew about shepherds. Should I take this away from me? Like that? Much better. Okay. He knew about being a shepherd, didn't he? Because before he was king, he was a shepherd. And actually back in the time when he was going to, or he was begging with King Saul to go and fight the giant, which he seemingly was very unqualified for and way too small for, and he's actually begging with King Saul, please let me do this. And this is what he says in 1 Samuel 17. It says that David persisted, I have been taking care of my father's sheep, he said. When a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and take the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. I have done this to both lions and bears. Wow, not really my picture of a shepherd. Like that's the job of a shepherd. It sounds like a pretty high risk job. Fighting lions and bears? Pretty risky. 
But David knew that when you're a shepherd, whatever it takes, and it's high risk, but a shepherd goes all out, and a shepherd takes care of everything that's needed. So when we turn to Psalm 23 and read, oops. Actually, sorry. Sometimes I get confused. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. So when we come to Psalm 23, David really knows what he's talking about. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. The rest of the psalm, Psalm 23, pretty much covers what that means. It's all about what I need. So I'm just going to read to you quickly, and I'm reading today, I'm actually reading from the New Living Translation, so um, might not match up to what you're looking at, but that's what I'm using in, in all the scripture this morning. The Lord is my shepherd, I have everything I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, brings honor to his name. And even when I walk through the dark valley of death, I won't be afraid. For you're close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You welcome me as a guest, anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I'll live in the house of the Lord forever. Anything else you need? He's got it covered. The Lord is my shepherd. David named God his shepherd because he knew God that way. He had experienced God taking care of everything he needed. Later on, the prophet Isaiah also refers to God as a shepherd. So referring to God, Isaiah says, he will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will carry the lambs on his arms, holding them close to his heart. 
he will gently lead the mother sheep with her young. That's a pretty tender picture, isn't it? Holding close to his heart. So intimate. That's our God. That intimate. And then, the most exciting part really, is that Jesus himself referred to himself as shepherd. That's God. Jesus, God, says in John 10, 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. This is what God is saying about himself. I am the good shepherd. David risked his life for the sheep. Jesus laid down his life for the sheep. Both Ron and Paul mentioned in the last two weeks how God will do whatever it takes to bring us back to himself. Whatever it takes. You know what it took? Laying down his life. That's what it took. That's how valuable you are. That's how valuable I am. He not only risked his life for me, he laid it down. Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd who gave my life. Why? So you can live. So I can live. Let's just read that verse in the context of John 3. And I'm going to start reading, actually, in the middle of verse 3. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they recognize his voice. The thief, the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give life in all its fullness. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep, and they know me. Just as my Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I know my sheep. They follow him because they recognize his voice. They recognize his voice. Are you catching this beautiful picture 
that Jesus is describing of this relationship. I know them. They know me. They hear my voice. That's a closeness that the shepherd has with his sheep, that Jesus has with us. So that's how the sheep can be out there all over the place on the hillside with one shepherd and no fence because they hear his voice. It's a beautiful picture. But how do they know not to get way out of ahead? Or how do they know? Because they hear his voice. When Scott and I were first married, Scott had just finished, or was finishing up seminary. He had left his job as an investment broker gone to seminary to follow God's call in his life. But while he was in seminary, we went through a very difficult ministry experience where we were left feeling broken, disillusioned, pretty hopeless. And here he was, done with seminary, and we didn't know what to do. So we asked a few friends, what should we do? Well, somebody told us about this guy who lived in Sudbury who prays all the time. Like, that's all he does. He just prays. They don't know if he has a job or anything, but he just prays, and he goes to people, and he has words from God, and he hears from God, and maybe you should go meet with him. So we called him up, said, yeah, you don't know us, but is there any way we could come and visit with you? And so we went to his house, we had coffee there. We sat and we poured out our lives to him, our whole journey about how we just wanted to follow God and we were so disillusioned and so hurt and had been in so much pain and now we didn't even know what to do. And he listened very graciously to us. And then he said to us, why did you come to me? Well, we came to you because we know that you spend a lot of time with the Lord and you hear from him and you pray all the time. And, and he said, go home. You go home. And you don't do anything till you hear God's voice for you. Do you know how uncomfortable that is? And after a few weeks or months, how embarrassing that is? You mean you left your job? You mean you like went to seminary for what? What? You don't know? You're waiting on God? What? It's embarrassing. But you know what this revealed? We would actually rather have a fence than a shepherd. 
Just tell me where the boundaries are, for crying out loud. Just tell me where I'm supposed to go. Have you ever said to yourself, okay, I could actually live with almost anything if I just knew what the outcome was going to be, right? Like, as long as I just know where I'm going, as long as we just know how long this is going to be, I can deal. I cannot deal with not knowing. Just give me the boundary. Just give me the fence. Let me read for you a little section from Brennan Manning's book, Ruthless Trust. When the brilliant ethicist John Kavanaugh went to work for three months at the House of the Dying in Calcutta, he was seeking a clear answer as how best to spend the rest of his life. On the first morning there, he met Mother Teresa. And she asked, and what can I do for you? Kavanaugh asked her to pray for him. Well, what would you like me to pray for, she asked. He voiced the request he had borne thousands of miles from the United States. Pray that I have clarity. She said firmly, no, I will not do that. When he asked her why, she said, clarity is the last thing you're clinging to and you must let it go. When Kavanaugh commented that she always seemed that she had clarity, the clarity that he longed for, she laughed and said, I have never had clarity. What I have always had is trust. So I will pray that you trust God. Would I rather have clarity than trust? A game plan versus a relationship? Or maybe even a rule book? So I know what to do or not to do versus a relationship. Fences versus a shepherd. What is it about those fences that are so attractive? That certainty, I can go this far, and then I know, okay, I can't go any further than that. And then, too, it gives me the opportunity to look at you and think, oh, oh, Awfully close to the fence over there. I get to be preoccupied with you. And at least I'm not as close to the edge as you are. Right now, there are a lot of edges we can look at, and like, wow, those people are like over the line. He is my personal savior. 
my personal shepherd. He's inviting me to know him. My trust has to be in me hearing his voice for me. For me, not for you. So I got to stay close, right? I got to stay really close so I can hear the shepherd's voice all the time. Yes. That's what he invites me into, to sit with him, to hear him for me. But then there's times when I don't hear his voice. When I feel confused, when I feel discouraged, and when I feel really wounded and oh so far away. Do you ever feel like that? Then there's this. Then there's this. Do you love that picture? Because then there's this. He's running after me. He's running after you. He's running after me. God's love is pursuing me. He is pursuing you. He tends to my wounds. He anoints me with oil. Jesus told a story about that in Matthew 18. If a shepherd has 100 sheep and one wanders away and is lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others and go out into the hills to search for the lost one? And if he finds it, he will surely rejoice over it more than the 99 that, he did, that didn't wander away. In the same way, is it not my heavenly Father's will that even one, it is not my heavenly Father's will that even one of these little ones should perish? You're worth going after. He's running after you. What about all the ones I'm running after? What about all the ones I want to make sure don't get away? He's running after them too. Do I trust that? Oh, the peace that gives. I don't have to do all the running. He's running after them. He's running after you. Did you catch in Psalm 23, verse 6? I think this might be my favorite verse in there. It says, surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me once. No. All the days of my life. All the days of my life. His unfailing love 
is pursuing me. His unfailing love is pursuing you. And it's not this once-in-a-lifetime kind of thing. Like sometimes we look at that lost sheep one. Oh yeah, I was lost and then I was found. But I'm continually being found. I'm continually being pursued. What a gift. The rest of your life, he keeps pursuing you with his love. I'm not a very good sleeper. And sometimes I lay awake at night because I'm feeling anxious. A few years back, I was taught this exercise from Psalm 23.1, and I want to share it with you. Because you know what it does for me? It lowers my heart rate. It settles me inside. So I want you to picture yourself with the shepherd, loving and pursuing you, and then going through that first verse of Psalm 23, emphasizing one word at a time. So it goes like this. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. The Lord is my shepherd. I have, I have everything I need. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything, everything I need. Amen.